Welcome to Joystick Love, the podcast for LGBT nerds and fellow fans of the EverQuest franchise. I'm here with my fellow podcasters, Malin. Hi. And Quietus. Hey, what's up? We will oh, be talking God. about the design philosophies we have observed from SOE Live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to record that. No, 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 again. no, 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 <laughs> leave, leave us I can't and, deal. But Quantus in that damn hang, what's up? <laughs> Dude, that's totally not you. You're like, you're like, I can be a cool motherfucker. Hey, what's up? Like, you're not, you're not fooling anyone. Everyone knows you're playing it up. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's up? What's up? What's up, yo? I want to scream, Queen. I can't deal. I can't deal. Alright, listen, listeners. Apparently, Quietus is what you call a gay bro. Are you a gay bro, Quietus? Yeah, man. What's up? (laughs) Please. When he takes his selfie in the mirror. He probably looks like Rainbow Bride. <laughs> he does the fucking duck face with his selfie in the mirror. It's like... <laughs> My shit's more like strawberry shortcake. Bitch <laughs> oh. pudding. Blam. Oh. I can't. Tonight, this is what oh, happens when we take forever okay. to do this. Okay. Let's get to... Let's. We're off track. Let's go. All right, so design philosophies. So design philosophies that we... Uh, what's the design philosophies behind EverQuest Next? Like, there is the tiers versus, like, what's traditional levels, and what 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 is is there... What is with the vertical versus the horizontal progression? What do you guys think? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, my thoughts are that they're... It's leveling without leveling. We're back to that whole, let's take the numbers out of the game, but there's still landmarks, points of interest, whatever, that have to be achieved before you can move on. So it's just like being level 1 to 10 or whatever. You, you can't move on if you don't, if you don't hit 11. You can't take on that level 12 or 13 mob if you're not 11, 12, or 13. You can't do it. So the thing is, they're going to do it through things like equipment, achievements, whatever. You just got to hit certain marks in the game, and all of a sudden it says, mm-hmm, green light, move on. But it's unspoken. They're just taking the numbers away. That's my perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, here's a tier system, because they had said there's no levels. And when they said there were no levels, I was super excited. I'm like, oh, my God, it's just going to be tight, total horizontal progression, but no, there are tiers. Mm-hmm. So that just means they're like mega levels, you know, because we had like tiers in other games. Like, you know, you go to Rift or you go to EverQuest 2 and you're, you're going to just encounter like the same, same mobs in that area and the same, like even crafting, like th- this is the first tier of crafting, da, 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 one to 10. Then you go to the next one. That's the second tier, you know? Right. Well, so it's you know, still there. Right. Well, you know, the secret world is a good example of no levels, but still, if you look at it, 
there is a leveling process. It's through the equipment. The equipment and the abilities and so forth. So the, the better your equipment, all of a sudden when you go back to that new zone, those mobs are supposed to be the same as the rest, you would think, you would think, even though it's not. All of a sudden they're all green. They're all low level, whatever. And you know they're low level. They don't have to have a number, you just know it. Because you can take them out in two hits. You know, and then you go back to Egypt and you're fighting mobs and it's like, a minute or two later you're finally finishing them off. Well, yeah. So, what's that design philosophy there? What's going on? I mean, I thought it was going to be like horizontal. So now it sounds kind of like a little both ways. What do you think, Clytus? Well, I agree with you guys uh, completely. Like when you're bringing up the secret world, I'm wondering if you know you brought up the the green mobs when you go back to like you know Kingsmith or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you if you equip a different weapon. They will, it will change the difficulty. Like, like what you have leveled up through that skill from that weapon. Like, if you switch to something else, then it's like you're level, it's almost like you reset, right? And you can level again. I'm wondering how close is SOE going to mirror their progression system? Because think about it. Like, you have, they said that the gear is going to matter quite a bit. The gear matters in the game. They did say that. And they also said that, you know, they talked about these different classes and skills that you'll be leveling. So will the difficulty of the tiers adjust based on what class you have to have equipped with certain builds into it? Um, I get that feeling. Right? So are you guys saying there's going to be scaling of the mobs based on what equipment you're wearing? Is that what you're saying? Well... I think equipment's going to matter, and I think it's going to matter in more tangible ways than we're used to. They're saying it's just not stat blocking, so there probably might be some effects or some maybe additional abilities that you can trigger that will help. Um, that was why I brought it up. Uh, the the class thing, uh, I think it's more more similar to the Secret World progression, though. I, just, I think that part. Yeah, but I'm worried that it's going to be incredibly nebulous. Like, what's the design philosophy behind that. I mean, it's obviously not going to mirror, mirror Secret World perfectly. They need to come up with their own version of it, and um, having this idea that there's going to be tiers, but then you need to get all these different gear, does is, does the gear mean that that's what the tiers are? I just don't, I just don't understand that. So... And, and then, this begs the question, and this is where the nebulous comes in for me. The quite well or question or statement or idea. Remember, they said they're going to have this emergent gameplay, this emergent AI, this uh, whole um, whatever that gaming company was they brought in. What's 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 the name of it? Storybricks. Storybricks. So Storybricks is bringing in their intuitive AI, and this uh, this o this orc or ogre or null or whatever that's released in the world, or he and his tribe, and they're traveling through the world. It sounds boundaryless. So it's not like all the mobs, all the first tier mobs are going to be wandering in one area. So if you're running along and you're just starting and you definitely don't have the gear and you bump into that knoll who's happened to avoid the players, outsmart the players, and grown itself, and it's like tier three, mm-hmm. you're going to get the floor wiped with you. Even though you think, well, I'm awfully close to Kanos, what, what, what the hell just happened? Well... There's an awful lot of speculation in that because they uh, didn't they say 
um, almost specifically that when you're near Kanos, it's going to be tier one stuff going on. So what if they are putting those artificial limits on where a mob will go based on how close they are to the starting city? And if they are doing that, then what's the design philosophy behind that? You know, shouldn't it be just like, you know, super awesome, nasty mobs will come and try and take over the city? I mean, is would that be great if that happens? Are they going to try and prevent that from happening? See, that's, that is my question because, yes, they set a tier system, but I don't remember them saying... You know, when you walk out of Kanos, it's just tier one type mobs. Because they said, uh, Jorgeson said, or Jorgeson, said that, you know, that orc and his tribe may come along and due to what's happening on that road, they may, ch- they may shift uh, geography. They may go, oh no, this road keeps getting cleared out, our people keep dying in, in great numbers, we're moving. Where are they moving to? You know? Um, yeah. So, like, there's still some... We're lacking facts. I mean, are they just going to go and sit inside their tent? Yeah, 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. You know, in a tent? Just, yeah, in a tent somewhere. Or, yeah, in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it going to be, are they going to cross boundaries? Are they going to go to another place in the world? Mm-hmm. So, um, I know that one of the panels talks a little bit more about that with the whole tent thing, and it's made it sound like there would be an area of land that would almost look like an orc camp if they get pushed back to a certain area, right? And this orc camp would be unassailable until certain rally call criteria was met that would open it up and then you could actually take the camp or do whatever, attack the camp and push them further back or end that rally call, which might trigger a different rally call because that one's now over. Like, I think they used the example that you basically obliterate them, scattered the orcs, and then the gnolls were pushed back because of the orc army there. So now the gnolls might come back and retaliate or do something. Yeah, but see, On that scale... Pushing them back, where are you pushing them back to? See, the well, question is still there. Like, where... Well, those, I, I think at that point, they scatter, and they probably just become random mobs that may reformulate, or maybe they'll continue on and grow and build their own little orc, orc army if they're not wiped out. I don't know. That's, like, really deep for emergent AI. I, when you're s- I'm very, like, grain of salt with that stuff. So it, they just might despawn. When you're saying that, it sounds like it's on the scale of the quote-unquote dynamic events of Guild Wars 2. Right. Well, you, where you push them back, are... push them back, and then, mm-hmm. then they come back, and then they come back, and you push them back, and you push them back, and then they come back, and then they right. come back. Like that endless, oh, the repetitive cycle that wasn't really dynamic. It was Here, theme the thing is, right, And that's true, but the difference between... And this is if what SOE has been hinting at is actually true. Like, I'm not saying that they're lying, but if they're not, like, you know, just kind of exaggerating... They're making it sound like they know this and they understand where people's, you know, apprehension is with Guild Wars 2 and the similar comparisons that people have with this. And then obviously with Secret World, we're, we're even looking at the progression, but specifically this, this topic or this thing, they keep bringing up their emergent AI and the way they make it sound is they're like, no, 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 you, you just don't, you guys don't get it yet. You don't understand how our emergent AI works. So. 
Yeah. No, okay. No offense, but that sounds like you. That's putting a lot of um, faith in them right now. So Absolutely. You don't, yep, I you agree. don't really know. I mean, you just have to be like a fanboy to think that. Oh well, they're, they're just going to tell us that's going to be okay. That's right. going to be different. I mean, we don't know. I just it's it's so easy to, easy for them to fall into that trope. So um, I'm really worried about that. Right, and you know, and also you know how I look at it. I look at it with a certain skepticism that you know we've heard variation on this theme before. You know a lot of MMOs sell themselves really big. And then when they come out, they've cut it out or it doesn't exist because they were lying in the first place and they were, you know, all it is is a cosmetic thing. You know, such, you know. And so I'm taking a lot of things right now with a grain of salt because, <clears throat> you know, like I've said before in our discussions, um, Smedley said, we're going to have a playable demo and they had yeah, four employees service. sitting in the back, four employees sitting in the back, <clears throat> no UI playing from memory from the office, basically. It, it was like a day in the office for some employees. And it's like, no playable demo. Okay, that's two years in a row, you know, a year or two in a row, where, you know, we've been told there'll be a playable demo this year, still no playable demo. And then <clears throat> they pull this make the game for us shit as, oh, this is great. You're going to get to participate by the end of the year in EQ, EQ Next launch. So I'm, I'm having a bit of a problem with the sale a little bit because mm. this emergent AI has a lot of, you know, it has potentially a lot of complexity in how do they overcome it. And I am a fanboy because I love EverQuest and I love EverQuest 2. Mm. And, but I, I left them at a certain point because... Gaming grew, we've grown with it, and a lot of older gamers are like, been there, done that, I'm tired of this, I need something new. And all these companies keep promising something revolutionary, something new, and they're not getting it. And so I'm a little wary of this emergent AI. I'm worried that when they say it's emergent AI, it's from, okay, um, a mob, here, we spawn a mob, it ha- it's gonna go to, Spot A, spot B, and spot C, and these are the reasons it's going to go to each of these spots. It only ends up in three different spots. But that's what worries me. But I know that it's completely possible to do it differently. Like with the voxels, they can like, well, I don't like being associated with these voxels. I'd rather be associated with these voxels. So I could see that possibly happening that way. But I'm also, again, skeptical that it's... I will... Yeah, that they're, I, that they're theme parking a dynamic event again. <laughs> well, I will say, well, the the rally calls. Let's be honest, they are dynamic yeah. events. I mean, they are. But the difference is that they're doing what I thought Rift should have done and Guild Wars Two should have done. They're making them permanent. Um, permanency is important. They're the other. I think the other companies didn't go that route because they're scared of the gamer that wants to be able to play all content all the time when they want to play it. And I'm not saying that's a bad or good thing. I'm just saying that if you're looking for a game that's going to have changes that continue on after like a big event or whatever, you know, um, it it makes it important to have that and to not have it just be able to be replayable anytime you want. Like it kind of does matter in a way. But remember, they said 
that the changes to the world come in a wide range from temporary, like yes. you fight those mobs and knock down the bridge, and you come back 30 minutes later and the bridge is back. You know, um, to helping build Halos, and it takes months on end, and there could be setbacks, which it's, which could extend it or make it more difficult. And, you know, they, they're going to get Halos built, and it may be a big, gorgeous city. Or, because of all the setbacks and the inability to get it completely done, it may be um, a tent city with a nice wall around it, and that's the best they can do. Right. Well, this before... Is... Oh, God. I was going to say this is a great time to, to talk about PvE versus PvP. Oh, Unless there's something else you have to add. Yeah, actually, there was one thing I um I meant to earlier when you guys were talking about um the starting cities or whatever the starting city in tier one. Um, I'm pretty sure they did mention like around Kinos was going to be tier one stuff. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I thought I heard that. But mm-hmm. reading, listening to, and then reading up on some of the lore that they have for this for EverQuest next. Mm-hmm. Um. It, they're making it sound like it's going to be one city. I think everyone's going to start in Kinos, and then, like, literally, Landmark's going to start. Everybody's going to start in Kinos, and they're going to go and they're just going to build and create things. And I think from whatever happens with Landmark, they're going to pick and choose and then just create. So, like, I think Landmark is going to have that that one city where everyone starts from, and they're going to use the lore to explain. Right. It. Like you're that's, basically resettling it. That's really speculative, but yes. I see what you're saying, but again, if they're saying that it's going to be tier one, then it sounds like, oh, hey, here's artificial limits on um, what mobs are going to be here. They're never going to wander right. out of a tier one territory and go to tier two territory. Then how is that emergent AI when they're putting those artificial limits in there? It's just, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. But I mean, t- you can get that in Guild Wars too. True. So we were talking about died the dynamic event slash um, rallying call. So um, that really, I think that's a great segue into their PVE versus PVP philosophy. So what's the design philosophy behind that? Because the talking about PVP was like completely absent from it. And you know, to me, sandboxes include um, like free-for-all PVP, and that's my opinion. But so I... I forget which which part of SOE Live it was, but someone specifically asked about if they could grief the rallying calls. Like, could they, like, completely push it all the way back? And do you guys remember what, what their response was to that? Yeah, the response... Yeah, the response is basically no. You can only delay. You can't stop is the gist I got from it. You can do other things. There's going to be like multiple choice that may not be a good result from some of the rally calls. So I guess you could try doing that. But if it made it sound like if what if the rally call was to collect wood or something and somebody wants to chop down all the area of trees so you can't collect wood. Um, it's procedurally generated. So new trees will pop up. Trees aren't going to vanish from the entire you know landscape. See, to me, that is um, pretty pretty irritating because um, the player dynamic of the people who don't want Hollis to be built against the people who want Hollis to be built um, is, is that great like sandbox thing going on there. But if it only goes in one direction, then that's theme park. You know, they're creating the content and we're making the content for them. 
So I just that's another artificial limit I don't want to see in that game. That it just makes it more theme park while putting the sandbox label on it. In my opinion, what do you guys think? See, I think they're trying to take some, like the creative and world change stuff of a sandbox, and bring mm-hmm. it to PVE. I don't think. I think it's that. I think they're doing a, you know, um, a hybrid model. They're not doing a sandbox. I think they're doing a hybrid. They're trying to bring some of the nights, some of the fun, creative qualities of a sandbox. Now, if they do have pl- PVP and you know, open world PVP in particular, you know, where everyone is susceptible to everybody else's whims, then. Yeah, they're going to be starting to get closer to a true sandbox. But I mm-hmm. think I, I, I think they're just pulling certain aspects of sandbox. And one of those aspects is the whole creative thing. Creating and leaving your own mark. So, um, I, I always think of PvP and sandbox being really closely tied. I've said that before. But they've said the largest sandbox ever made. But they haven't said... It's EverQuest Next. It's EverQuest Next Landmark. So that worries me. EverQuest Landmark, Next Landmark, is the sandbox that they're promising. And then we're getting a theme park game in EverQuest Next. I mean, I haven't seen it specifically attached to just EverQuest Next, because they're like, hey, EverQuest Next Landmark is here. (laughs) Well, I'm a little annoyed by the whole Landmark thing. Uh, I think that... um, it's just uh, an ass cover. It's a fig leaf to cover their inability to get the things they said they were going to do. If you're having such doubts that you stop and start the game five or six times, to me there's some problems. Those are my worries. That doesn't mean that this final path they finally hit on isn't it. For all, for all we know, they've really finally said, now we're comfortable. And I'm fine with that. I would rather someone take a long time. But, you know, they, you know, it's been revealed to us that they have stopped and started, stopped and started, stopped and started. And it, to me, it sounds like there's a lot of doubt within the team. Like, no, we're not happy with this still. We're still not happy with this. Nope, another dead end. And they need a fig leaf. And to me, launch is a fig leaf. Or landmark is a fig leaf. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be really, really insulting. If landmark is just synonymous with the word beta and they're just saying, Hey, uh, we're going to pull all these things from landmark and then, then we'll eventually launch EverQuest next, you know? And so here's more, here's more things that are going to happen in EverQuest next, but they're in landmark. So doesn't that just make it a beta? I mean, I think it's great that we're going to be able to be creative, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But it doesn't sound like there's, it's going to be a whole different sphere of gameplay there. It's just going to be like a creative surround Minecraft is what it sounds like. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like it's going to be a strip, like, it sounds like they're probably taking taking the good portion of EverQuest Next that they've been working on, the physical world, combined it with the creative tools, and said, let's give them Minecraft Junior without the mobs. Yeah. That really worries me. Because right. if... If they're gonna, I just yeah okay, go ahead. 
No, it's okay. I mean, don't finish your thought because I've got a lot to say. So, you know, you heard me say I'm kind of a fanboy of EQ of the EQ franchise, and I am. But that does not mean that I'm going. You know, I'm not skeptical. I am skeptical. That does not mean that I'm going to buy into the party line they sell. And this podcast is always going to be honest. So. You know, even though hopefully we'll be able to be friendly with them enough to be able to ask questions, I would love to be able to do an interview with one of them one day just to see what their thought processes are in this whole creative endeavor. You know, because the truth is, is we don't know. We're still speculating a lot. But I have my worries for the game. But also I want us to always be honest about this. And so, you know, I don't want to be... I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to have the whole trying to sell the game and give free advertising. I, I want to be constructive and part of the process, and that's the reason I, as a fan, is speaking up. And so I really, I'm, I'm having reservations. You know, the whole landmark thing to me is a reservation. I got Minecraft. I can play. Okay. Bing bong bing. Down the rabbit hole with Quietus. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would just it. like to. I would just like to point out this is the first time that I'm speaking about this topic. So (laughs) let me set it up. All right. (laughs) So on the frequently asked questions for EverQuest Next, the very first question is, um, what is EverQuest Next? And then it says EverQuest Next is a free-to-play, next-generation, sandbox, MMO, built on Forge Light Engine. There has never been a game like this. So they're saying on their website that EverQuest Next is a sandbox MMO. Um, right. so, so they are specifically saying. Yeah, they are. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. No. This is No, wait. Let me but, finish this. I know, but may I point out, many hmm. companies take terms and readjust them for their own conveniences. Right. Yes. Yes. Obviously. Disclaimer that, you know, what, what does sandbox mean to them? Um, for EverQuest Next Landmark... Uh, what is EverQuest Landmark? Uh, EverQuest Next Landmark it says EverQuest Next Landmark is a free-to-play, next-generation online sandbox game. Build and explore a world unlike anything you've never, anything you've seen before. What words missing from there? Did you guys catch that? Um, MMO. Yeah, MMO is not listed for EverQuest Next Landmark. No. I have to say, what, wait, what? said exactly. Landmark, that you would be able to do multi-construction with other players. Right. So we can do that in Minecraft right now. Right. But, like I said, I think it's going to be a monsterless, no-challenge world. It's just going to be <sighs> us. There will be social tools, I'm sure. Now, wait. To log in and the they're and they're ex- with expecting us to find our own groups, get to log, log in the same spot. And go, oh my god, I'm so proud of you for making something pretty. Isn't that what they're saying? Yes. Like, oh my god, I am so <sighs> proud of you. Okay. Steps. I mean, seriously, that's no MMO. Step back. <laughs> Step back the rain dance, you storm makers. <laughs> Step it back. What about, you know, I'm getting the fucking rain. Step ra- it I'm back. The fucking snap cup and give people snaps for making pretty things. Look. Apparently, it's all I'll be able to do. Okay. Under. 
under 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 the uh, continuing on with the frequently set, frequently asked questions they they specifically mention explore they say explore massive landmark worlds and claim territory building materials and much more delve deep into the earth and discover procedurally generated adventures that will that will never be the same twice what do they mean by procedurally generated adventures that's the key right there what is that because it makes it sound like that is some type of PVE content. It may not be combat. Who knows? But it oh. makes it sound something. Like they've got something other than just building. Maybe they're saying you don't necessarily have to stand outside the walls of Kano's and build your little farmhouse and create these beautiful textured discs and this, you know, your fields and this fence. And maybe it's saying you can run to where Halos is going to be built and, um, work in the snow and the ice or you can go to the jungles of whatever and um, work there and, <laughs> but the, and explore but the thing is, is I think it's going to be creative exploration they're like go out in the world and find the variety of things you can use and make and create with see adventures so flexible right it's like why I that mean, word it gives them the room to say oh there's no mobs right now oh we're playing well, but again, I'm, mobs. Ex- I'm expecting that. I'm expecting no mobs or anything like that. I think there will be mobs in that landmark because I think they're going to be using landmark as a test bed for EverQuest next. They're going to come up with a crazy idea. They're going to probably have a server for it that people can jump to if they want and they can test it out. The fact that they don't call it an MMO, I don't know if it's an oversight or something tells me it might not be. Um, so that I'm curious what they mean by that next gen online sandbox game, and they specifically don't say MMO. It's going to be like only like eight people, like a Minecraft server that you Right, or 16 if you got a whatever, if you can do an expand. Oh my god, there's your cash shop. <gasps> it's free to play if you can get on the server. All right. So, how many people you can share the world with? I don't know. Weird, we right? Have, or they're like, here, you could buy your private server. Like, Here's the oh, thing. Sorry, so, so wrapping it back to the PVE PVP part, because we we're kind of more talking about the sandbox theme park thing. Um, I have an article on our website, so on our blog that talks about this. But I, I think this is what I'm thinking. You know, whatever. Like you said, this is all conjecture. I think that there could be open world PVP. I think it could be factions. I, I, I break it down or, or describe a little bit about it in, in that, you know, down the rabbit hole with quietest thing. Um, I think that, uh, you know, depending on your actions, like it's, you know, you're going to have these different factions that may or may not like you. Everything's tagged with a like or dislike thing. Almost everything they said in the world, it makes sense to me. And then I found out with the lore, literally all the races banded together from Exodus and like came back. Uh, to Kinos, it's it landed Kinos again uh, to try to take take over this land again from the dragons. Um, it makes it really sound like they're grouping all the races that you're going to be playing as a starter together. That means all your races could be neutral because you're all together there, starting out at a quote unquote Moss Eisley like town, um, and they're just going to have everybody build whatever and uh, make relationships, make decisions, and that's going to that's going to start the PvP. The enemies that you that you make are the ones that you're going to be fighting. And if it happens to be a faction that's not only controlled by the AI, but also controlled by the players, so be it. I don't think they're going to di- uh, differentiate between the two. So... Oh boy, you just put that shameless plug right in there, man. 
the, the faction, the faction concept. I don't know. I don't know. I, I personally, I think it's kind of a reach that they would that they would delineate that way. Actually, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a reach. I think what it is is as remember how I thought that about the horizontal versus the vertical. That yes, it looks horizontal. They've taken away the numbers. You know, you have abilities you can get, whatever you can multi-class, but inevitably, without achievements, and achievements don't have to be, oh, he's mined 50 iron ore. You know, uh, you know, he gets an achievement and it dings up on the screen. The achievement may be silent. It may be you partook in the creation of Freeport, and with the eventual creation of Freeport, all of a sudden there is a new emergent AI storyline developing of aggression toward Kanos. I will say this, that the, story it, of that lore. the faction idea absolutely could be a reach, and I'm not saying it is what it is, but you cannot deny that there is a, a few thread of evidence that's out there that could support my case. Specifically, like Smedley's tweet that says factions are going to be really important. If this isn't what makes factions important, what what would it be? Like what? What could as what we know now? Like how is factions going to be more important than ever? Like more than you could ever know or whatever? Like he tweeted back. Well, well, well the the foundation of Freeport would create a diametrically opposed city to Kano's because remember their history was headbutting, you know, headbutting constantly. Well, right, but why have that if you're not going to include it into PvP? I think they will have some type of like I believe factions important. Factions always been important in EverQuest. I think in this case, in terms of the PVE, I can surmise what it's going to be. In terms of the PVP, I haven't well, heard a word yet, and I'm just unsure. I'm what just I, unsure. The reason why, I mean, I'm not saying it could, it really, really, really could be, because gosh knows there was a lot of other things that, you know, I didn't see coming with this thing that I thought would, probably they're going to do something else. But when I look at this and I look at the, the faction thing and, and, and how, People, a lot of people who PVE, they do not want to be forced to PVP. That's it, like quote unquote forced, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you, by being bad to another group, you cause the, you know, basically that, fa- that those people not to like you, it's your choice. No one's forcing you to make that decision. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's making bad, 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 you know, karma for that faction. I would like to interject. Are you guys at all familiar with the flagging system they use in Ultima Online? Um, a little bit. Isn't it where um, if you continually killed people, like you were flagged a certain way, like yeah, uh, I I forget if it was procedurally, like you were got your your name got more and more red. Or if you, after so many kills and so many times you got flagged red, but when you were flagged red, you're, you're a murderer and people could kill you without being penalized at all. So, um, yeah, that was a really cool system because it, it, it kept the free for all PvP going, but you were, you were going to be a bandit and an outlaw and you were going to be flagged as a, you know, KLS by good NPCs and good players. So, yeah, I, I, something like that would be phenomenal. I think it would be great, because then there's, like, all that. Then you get the Care Bears that want to protect everyone and build cities together and wall everyone in. And then you've got the, you know, the thieves and the murderers that exist on the server, like in EVE Online. 
you know, when you're out, when you're out, when you're in the null sector, whatever it's called, where there's like, where there's completely no security at all. And it's just, it's the wildlands. You don't go out there alone. Oh, God, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Uh-uh. See, that, that's the reason I couldn't play Eve. I just couldn't do it. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> It was the UI for me. Holy crap. I was like, oh, wait, God. how many menus is there? What? I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool game, though. It looked cool. I know it was. It was like, I was just like, oh, God. Like, I couldn't seem to get the hang of it fast enough. But but that's part of the sandbox thing, though, is it's kind of all you. Or not all you, but predominantly, it's you having to figure things out, making your own way. And so, you know. I don't know. I don't know if it's in Sony to be able to just leave a player sitting there going, you know. Ten minutes later, sound, go ahead and figure out how to light their torch. It sounds to me like, yeah, there will be permanent change, but with the trend towards impermanence, with like the string of bridge or something, I'm just worried that what if we're not going to have like freestanding structures to craft? That's what I'm really worried about. I mean, this world screams for that. Like, if we're able to build our own structures, our own castles, um, What's going to happen with that? I mean, are they going to be destructible? Are we going to be able to pay in the cash shop to make them indestructible for time? Stuff like that. You know, are we going to be able to create our own communities, populate them with um, uh, players? You know, there's just so much that could go on. They have not explained or have not not explained those things. That's not going to happen. Well, I don't know. I, I, we're, we're back to step one. We have some info, but there's a lot of conjecture. Yeah, we're we're going we're going down the whole speculation path again. Yeah. So, so um, what would you well, guys wait. say? I will say real quick that Game Breaker Gary Gannon did an interview with Dave Jorson and specifically asked him about bringing over things that you do in Landmark to EverQuest Next proper. And he said that there will be a way to do that, but you can't just go and flag, like drop a flag and build something. You have to find, I sounded like an allotted area for land of that specific city, town, or whatever it is. And probably you have to go to the guy that gives the deeds to get the land spot space to build. That's what he said. And you should be able to move your stuff from EverQuest, you know, as long as it's lore appropriate, from EverQuest Landmark, EverQuest Next Landmark, to uh, EverQuest Next. And he said, I believe that there's a process to that. So whatever that quote-unquote process is, I don't know. Like, But he, he but because Gary asked him a very poignant question, can you bring your stuff over? And he said yes. Okay. Well, even... Even with that being true, you know, things can get destroyed in the world. So what's going right. to happen? Is that, is that where they're going to make most of the money? It's like protecting the things that you own from being permanently damaged. Like you need to like pay like a monthly charge to keep your ship from being destroyed. Oh. Is that what they're going to do? Here's oh. the, well, I, just, here, I don't even, what, uh, here's the rub on it that I found is I believe that the way they made it sound with um, 
the procedurally generated uh, terrain and stuff that happens in EverQuest next. We're not talking about Landmark. I don't know what Landmark would be like. But um, they said about right now they have a timer of about five minutes. So you blow up a hole somewhere, part of the hill gets blown up. And then they said after five minutes, that land will repair itself. They call it healing, will heal itself. Um, and they said that that is procedurally generated. So it doesn't take up as much what processing power. It's past whatever. I don't understand what they're talking about. But he said because it's procedurally generated, the processing power of it um, isn't as much as if the stuff was all set up ahead of time. So... Um, what I don't know is, so let's say you blow up a hill and it grows back. Does it grow back to the exact same looking hill or because it's procedurally generated, is it random? Does it look like something right. completely different? Right. But I was, I was talking about player structures. Um, how is there even permanence to that? Uh, and, and that, and that sort of thing. Now with what, with what Dave was saying is that, that it procedurally generates the terrain back in. I don't know. I, I honestly don't think that it's going to create like a whole new terrain if we blow up the fucking terrain. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, if you look, did you look at all the renderings? And it looks like that's like the top is just like, it's done. Because well, it's right. that way. Let me bring up two things. I think that player created things for like our home, our plot, our land may be isolated off or naturally protected, as in. People aren't going to be able to steal, kill, or damage our stuff. Um, or us in our, in our area. But here's where I think we may go out and destroy that hill and it may come back and it may be different. It may, you know, the hill may come back, but it will be different. Or the tree may grow, but it'll be a different tree, smaller, whatever. But what about player created stuff in the open world? Let's say they don't, let's say they give us our stuff that's protected, but what about us going out in the real world and creating a player city? Not going out and help create Halos. What if we go throw up some walls out in the middle of a plane and create our own player city? Yeah, for fuck Halos, I want to make my own city and name it Zactopia. I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, and we can make our own city and other players come and help and participate. And then later on, people realize, oh, there's stuff there I could take. We can do that in Landmark, right? I guess that's our game for us, guys. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so but, but, but see, adventurous. We'll just set up a tent. <laughs> okay, PvP involved or not, that Sam Park aspect sounds fun. But could, could, could you imagine going to... Um, one of the zones and uh, thundering steps in EQ2 and tossing up a player city and taking on the gnolls and the gnolls attacking your city and you know whatever could could you imagine and having players come do it and all of a sudden people come along and there's a big city that's not mm -hmm. one that SOE approves of. But again, if that's there, then there needs to be players who want to take it down. Right, and so, part of me wonders, you know, what. Part of me says then the PvP comes into play because you can have an army of players that keep the NPC mobs back. So, so we've gone several different paths of speculation because their design philosophy just seems so so murky right now. I mean, there's like it, they're saying the sandbox thing, 
um, schizophrenic, I believe, is the word you're looking saying for. The mm-hmm. thing. Then there's that whole like, what's the progression really like? So, what are your guys' overall thoughts on the design philosophy of the game right now? It, it, please keep it under five minutes. I think there's no chance of us getting an interview with any of them right now by this point. <laughs> I think that ship's done sailed. That's what I think. Well, you know what? So be it. I mean, yeah. I know. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Whatever. I'm, who knows? They might be very attentive to what we're saying. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I would rather very us be constructive attentive. and tell them the truth. Hey, go, we oh, got yeah, doubts. Yeah, like, uh, you know, a lot of people... We're Meryl oh, Streep. We've got doubts. We got doubts. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> smiled and nodded. Yes, a new Final Fantasy, <laughs> all the way up to release date, and then a month later, they're like, "This game's crap." What if someone had told what's his name, had a chance to really look him in the eyeballs and say, "Your game sucks. I'm not paying for it, and I'm not getting in that game." You know, they sit in a little isolated room or tower, and no one tells them shit. Or they isolate themselves and go, no, 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 that's just trolling, that's just trolling. But we're not trolling. I mean, we love EQ franchise. I want to succeed. I hope it does. And I hope they listen to our ideas and thoughts. If they don't and they lock it off, well, it's their own damn fault. So <laughs> my my overall thoughts are... As we poke and provoke. My overall thoughts are that there's just so much we need to learn because there's these vague promises that I see and these I mean these areas these areas that I think could just be, you know, completely blown wide open as loopholes. Like with the like the lack of MMO being put into to the description of landmark. So I'm excited and wary at the same time. I want everything they said to happen. Like even without information on PvP, if they could give me the game they've described so far, it would be a thousand percent improvement on anything out there. True. So, True. But if they pull this whole, this is what we're giving you, this is what we're giving you, and then a week before release, we had to let this go, we had to drop this, then it's, it's back to, oh, another WoW clone. Or yeah. these days, a TSW clone or a Guild Wars 2 clone, you know, it, it's just, it's going to be a variation on theme. But if they give us everything they talked about, and that's what I hope, I could love the, I could, I could possibly love this game. If it's okay. what you know. I would say for the design, um, I really don't know. I think they backed into this is what I think happened. I think they, about two and a half years ago, they went in, they looked at what they had, they looked at what the market was, they looked at uh, Sotor, and they're like, ah, this is done. we got to think of something else. Minecraft was coming up on the scene. They looked at it, they said, oh my god, what if we made our game out of Minecraft? Crazy idea, voxels. They looked at setting back the development time, looked at how long it was going to take them to get this game to come out. I don't think this game's come like EverQuest next. They mentioned year, two years, like oh yeah, whatever. In the next two couple of years, uh, you guys are going to help us in the in the design and development process of EverQuest next through Landmark. 
makes it sound like they knew this was going to be a protracted, like they really got set back. So they need a way of trying to make money off of this, but also to keep get the fans and everybody engaged. What easier way to do that than to literally make a Minecraft version of EverQuest? And I think that's what Landmark is. And then they're going to use that as a test bed for other rules and other things that they want to set up. Hopefully they'll have a survival system in there or something for us at the beginning to play. And then from there, they're just going to go with it and see what develops from EverQuest next. That's what I think their design philosophy is. Okay, well... we've covered some really great topics so um, thanks for listening everyone this has been a really interesting discussion so you can comment back at us on twitter at joysticklove that's j-o-y-s-t-i-c-k l-o-v-e you can email us at joysticklove at gmail.com that's without the e and you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Joystick Lab. And um, I guess that's it, guys. We appreciate that you joined us tonight. And of course, you can go to our website, joysticklove.wordpress.com. Uh, we're working on the domain now. And oh, oh, it's facebook.com slash joysticklove. Okay, okay, cool, cool. And, um, of course, if you email us at our email and you want to address something to any of us individually, you just uh, address it to Quietus, Malin, or Zach. Sir Zach. So, thank you for joining us, and have a great night. Ciao. Bye. Good night. Bye. Really, the gay bro, goodbye again. Bye. Oh, God, hot man. <laughs> you just Later, like bro. See you, man. Later. Go. Go take your selfie. Go. It takes you ten minutes to pose for. Yo, man, what's up? Make your selfie with the duck face. Hey, what's up, dude? Oh, my God. With the duck face and a baseball cap on backwards. Oh, Oh my God. Go do it now, bro. That will be be our podcast cover. Oh, God. Okay. Ciao. Bye. Thank you.